You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Tracy Murdo with the Future Tech Podcast, and today I have a very exciting guest, John Petricelli, CEO of Bulldog VM. John, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Tracy, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Did I get your last name right, or did I totally butcher it? No, you got it correct. (laughs) All right. Well done. Well Well done. John, this is your first time on the show. So again, I thank you for giving us your time. And this is actually a really interesting area and arena that you're working in. Uh, tell us, let's first start off, I guess, talking about Bulldog DM and you know what it is and what it means to live streaming and how it's sort of changing the landscape of live events. Sure, happily. Uh, Bulldog DM, we are a live streaming company focused on premium content and bringing a kind of a set of and philosophies of best practices, you know, to this kind of growing and exciting market and helping the various stakeholders kind of harness some of the, the power of live streaming. And stakeholders are content owners, brands, agencies, platforms, uh, it could be you know, music festivals or even artists. And we've had a, a rich and kind of long history in this space that's, uh, you know, close to a decade and a half. And we've learned quite a bit along the way. And very, very recently, this has become a, a very hot market. You know, live content has now become a focal point of platforms like Facebook and Twitter. You've seen Amazon acquire Twitch. And now there's a, there's a big interest given the propagation of connected devices that have hit the market that can really play beautiful, rich video combined with the explosion of social media. There's now this real interest in a kind of collaborative participatory engagements. And uh, we've kind of seen it all. We have a long history and we've uh, really been focused on that part of of this kind of growing market. So who is doing the live streaming? Like, give me some examples of some of the events that your favorite events that you've covered. Well, in our uh, our long history, the background from my business is I had a a live streaming company that was acquired by AEG, and as you know, AEG is the world's largest presenter of live sports and live music, and we've uh, we've powered things, uh, you know, the most watched live experiences of all time, both during that tenure and also during the Bulldog tenure. So we've powered the live video for things like the Grammys, Oscars, Masters, TED Conference, E3, all of MTV's live experiences. And we also spent a lot of time helping YouTube move into that market. And with YouTube, we powered Coachella, Bonnaroo, Rock and Rio, Lollapalooza, Austin City Limits, uh, the Royal Wedding, things you know like movie premieres and product launches for brands and tentpole events like Oracle, you know, Open World. You know, today, uh, who's you know who's doing live streaming? Well, it's uh, the platforms themselves. You know, Facebook has launched 
live video. They've now prioritized it and put it in the news feed, also inside of Facebook Watch. And we've also seen Twitter really kind of uh, largely center their their go forward strategy on you know their their micro you know their microblogging and their social media platform combined with live video. And then you know we see brands as well you know moving into the space. Red Bull, for instance, very very active, powering you know live music and you know extreme sports and a lot of things that are synonymous with their brand and and you know numerous others. And what we're starting to see is. If executed properly, you know, there's a great, you know, consumer tune in, but moreover, they'll really watch for extended periods of time. And if you're, you know, Madison Ave and you're trying to talk to the, the dialed in digital community, the Gen, you know, Gen Z or millennial community, that's, a, that's becoming an interesting opportunity given engagement is very hard to get in today's market. It's hard to get anyone's attention for even four seconds or six seconds and if done properly, we're seeing live video, people tuning in for, you know, big chunks of time, especially on platforms like Twitch. Why do you think it is that it is so hard to grab people's attention? Is it just there's just, you know, so much out there that we're divided as far as, you know, what we want to see and all take in in one moment? Definitely. And, you know, there's uh, so much content, so many options and, in, you know, in my opinion, and we're also in the early stages, I think you're going to see big, you know, Disney is going to launch their own OTT platform. I just read last week that NBC is going to move into that space combined with, you know, big players. I think Apple's going to start to finance a lot of video centric content. And, you know, video is still, uh, especially live video, we're still in, our, in the early days of that market. But the, you know, the attention, uh, I've heard people use the term attention uh, economy. There's so many different options. You've also got big segments of society, again, like millennials. I've seen like 77 million people have kind of grown up on connected digital platforms and there's so much information. And now there is something you start to layer in things like, uh, you know, social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, et cetera. It also adds a complete layer of, of options and complexity and discovery as well. There's so much going on. There's so much information that again, real hard for, uh, you know, a Coca-Cola or, uh, or Samsung to get someone's attention and kind of drive their, their message back to that viewer. Well, let's break it down a little bit. So from Mm -hmm. a technical standpoint, how much in the past, I don't know, let's say five years or so, how much has the live streaming changed from, you know, most start with technical and then maybe talk a little bit more about social as well. Uh, in, in, uh, in the technical landscape, um, you know, we've seen you know, more and more kind of bandwidth. A lot of what we, you know, in the, in the live streaming world, a lot of it you know, initially is tied to what is the connectivity at the, the venue that the experience is happening at. You know, that could be a, a stadium, it could be a club, it could be someone's uh, studio, it could be a retail store. Early on, we'd have to come in and bring, you know, big infrastructure to bring that to life. In early days of live video, that a lot of times would require, you know, a satellite, just like you'd see outside of a a professional sports arena for the broadcast. We'd have to bring in, you know, connectivity to bring the experience to life. Obviously, now, today, most of the the venues are wired. They understand that people are going to be coming to these experiences with, you know, mobile handsets and they're going to be consuming Content so a lot of that has uh, has changed for the better. It definitely helps, uh, but that's a key driver. Uh, the second component there is the actual video workflow, the the video quote unquote production, and you know video live video multi cam multi camera video is very complex. It's an exact science. 
Not everybody can do it. And, you know, we've uh, been at this for a long time. We've identified, you know, the production strategy that helps bring that to life. And having said that, too, a lot of the costs of equipment have, have come down. You've seen an increase in quality. Even, you know, GoPro cameras uh, have, you know, 4K capability. So there's a lot of, uh, I think, uh, penetration in the market of higher quality uh, capture devices that are also a lot more uh, affordable. And that's led to a pretty big increase. And then on the user experience side, with this market rapidly, the video market in general, the online video market, kind of had this hyper acceleration. We started to see the advent of the smartphone. So these now handheld smartphone devices can now really render and play video. Early on, you know, very hard to play video. It was like a slideshow, um, you know, not the right connectivity to the device. So those factors have all kind of contributed to this big growth in, uh, you know, the consumption and the interest in the live streaming experience. Okay. What do you expect? I'm just curious because with, you know, everything 2019, we've got a fresh year here. What are some of the, the current largest challenges that you have with live streaming some of these larger events and festivals and things? And is there any sort of regulations that are changing this year that, you know, people might want to be aware of? Yeah, the challenges are uh, a lot of it's naivete. I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, consumer brands, you know, so, well, I, I should say there's a big emphasis on, on, uh, the quote unquote experience economy. And that's largely fueled by, you know, millennials, big priority on a shared experience being at uh, an event, uh, a pop-up experience, a concert or uh, a festival. And so that's where the attention is and that's where the experience. And we're talking a lot to the people that create these experiences, again, you know, brands, uh, content owners, artists, et cetera. And how do we help amplify, you know, that engagement? So the again, the challenge there is how can we create a, a media layer on top of these, you know, these amazing, compelling experiences that could be in a room of uh, 200 people, that could be 2,000, or it could be in the, you know, the Staples Center of, of 19,000. How do we help amplify and bring that experience um, to life? So a lot of it is helping educate and understand that. There's definitely the capability to do that. We need to bring in, uh, you know, a video workflow to bring that to life. And then the question becomes, you know, who's going to see this and where can they view it from? Uh, there's myriad of options out there today. You know, there's always been YouTube, the world's biggest video platform. But now that's joined by platforms like, like Facebook, like Twitch, like Instagram, uh, like Twitter as well. And then the idea of streaming video on publishing sites but also building something like a microsite. So a lot of our clients, for instance, have been Coca-Cola, Snickers, et cetera. They don't have these massive consumer-facing video-centric platforms that a YouTube would have. So a lot of times we'll build a quote-unquote microsite and we'll embed it into the brand's uh, owned and operated website or, or web experience. So now the experience can live in multiple destinations and kind of help you know drive awareness. But those are the largely... Uh, the challenges, um, rights, you know, for music are also an important factor. That's got to be, you know, cleared. You've got to have sign-offs with the content creators. You know, that's always, um, you know, something to a, a box to check uh, for sure. But it also becomes important to let your audience know that you're doing this. You want to drive an audience to the experience, and we 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 encourage, you know, ongoing live broadcasting. Don't just do something once. You mean do it 
quarterly, monthly, slash, you know, bi-weekly and build that kind of sustained audience. Because the beauty of live video is once it's executed and produced, you've got the opportunity for replay, for video on demand, for clips, highlights, you know, uh, segments for social platforms. So there's a, a lot that comes not just with the live live experience, but it's the follow on, you know, content that lives post event. So when it comes to the type of festivals and events and things like that, are there some that are better suited for live streaming? Uh, you know, what is, I guess, the ideal type of event for live streaming versus one that just doesn't, you know, make sense? Or who's jumping on board with this and doing it? And who's saying, no, no, thanks. It's not appropriate for the you know, space we're working in. You know, that's a good point. We've, um, we've seen, you know, the, the, a lot of uh, enterprise companies want to take an experience and help, manage, you know, the travel costs. If you've got a thousand employees spread out across the country or across the world, it's a big cost to bring everybody under, you know, one roof and bring that experience to life. So there's an entire market around taking a seminar or product launch, a company town hall, and delivering that in real time out to employees on their devices. And it becomes a way to authenticate and make sure that this is, you know, only viewed by entitled, authenticated uh, consume or you know viewers uh, of the corporation. Um, that's a, that's an important business. On the more direct side, we have seen uh, customer retention. So uh, you might want to live stream to um, T-Mobile handset, uh, T-Mobile uh, subscribers and users can get some pretty compelling content. Or you know customer acquisition. You know T-Mobile live stream something like. Coachella to a massive audience on the YouTube platform with you know huge tune in. You know, Coachella is three days, it's five live concurrent channels of video from the you know ten or thirteen stages at the festival, and the you know the tune in times are eye popping, they're extensive. So a lot of brands are now moving into this space uh, to communicate, to you know to offer um, maybe it's a product launch or an incentive. You know, to the consumer, we've uh, we've seen this recently. We worked with Samsung. They launched their Galaxy Note 9, uh, you know, big media press throughout the day, and they put forth a uh, a concert with the artist Logic live from their Samsung 837 store that we live streamed on their their channel on uh, on Facebook. You know, we also recently worked with Jeep, who launched their Gladiator vehicle at the uh, LA Auto Show last month. And that was a live experience on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you were on the YouTube platform, you could actually switch on desktop between four different feeds of the experience, or four different perspectives as they, you know, launch this new pretty compelling uh, vehicle. So for them, you know, big, they have all the attention of the automotive press at the LA Auto Show, but here was a way to amplify and connect that out to the consumer. Very successful very you know, successful strategy uh, for them. You know, we also work with uh, a brand like AT&T. AT&T is looking to connect with millennials. So they powered uh, all three days of the Governor's Ball Festival in New York City. So you could watch two channels of live streaming, six hours on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You could switch different stages and see different artists perform. And that was available on AT&T platforms, as well as AT&T's Twitter channel. And then we embedded the user experience into the actual governorsball.com website. So for AT&T, it becomes a very compelling way to reach the audience that's very important to them. You know, these are typically 
consumers who aren't watching, uh, you know, Law and Order on Thursday night at NBC and sitting through, you know, the state, the commercial from State Farm or from the brand. Again, they're either at these experiences or they want to attend and have this kind of collaborative participatory broadcast. And those are some examples of, of what we've seen, uh, you know, how that works and why it works and, and how it provides this kind of amplified kind of compelling engagement back to the viewer. So tell me, like, give me an idea of how involved in the actual, like, production and all of that, like, are you? And what kind of team do you have to run these events or to do, you know, to handle the live streaming? I just can't even imagine there has to be so many things that could potentially go wrong. Like, how do you, you know, what's your team look like and and how do you combat that? Yeah, it's very true. You know, live live is a, uh, it's, it's not easy. It's, you know, it's stressful, uh, especially given, you know, what's at stake. And if you're working with uh, something like a music festival and a big brand like AT&T, uh, you know, timing is, is super important. So, you know, we've learned along the way, again, that you know, the actual creation of the video experience is a, is a science. We've identified and we work with people that understand the nuances of live TV production and how that would render and look like on a smartphone or a mobile handset or a connected, you know, gaming console or, or a tablet. And we've really, you know, come along you know, a long way. Our production teams are Grammy-winning, Grammy-nominated people that are uh, live and breathe that kind of dynamic space. So when we're, when we're on a project, and the project could be, um, give you an example, we did something with the NFL at the Pro Bowl uh, this past year. And the NFL, if you recall, they allowed the teams to celebrate their touchdowns. And at the end of the season at the Pro Bowl, They picked four, and they had Keegan-Michael Key come in, famous comedian, and do this kind of live variety show. And then so we produce, we bring in a team. team could swell to about 15 to produce the video. And the experience is then broadcast on Facebook. And the consumer can vote via hashtag in real time, you know, which team could win. And then that's announced subsequently at the Super Bowl you know, the following week. That kind of a project, you know, again, the team is around, you know, 18 uh, to 20 people. We also work where, you know, we can, we can extreme something from anywhere in the world. We can pull the feed either through fiber or if we're getting it through satellite or some kind of connection, process that video in our network operations center and bring that experience to life. You know, for years, for example, we were, have worked with Coca-Cola, who is the title partner and sponsor of the, the Coachella Rock Festival of Mexico called you know, Latino in Mexico City. So Coke has already, or the festival has hired a top video production team in the country, and we're working with them. We're pulling the the feeds from the multiple stages, bringing that to our facility in the U.S., and then creating a digital experience that is broadcast back to consumers across, you know, the entire country. So that's, you know, a smaller execution, given that's more of a a technical play. Uh, But typically, we do one of the, we work in one of those two capacities. It's either run the entire project, create, you know, the video production in and of itself combined with the streaming workflow, or it's, hey, we're, there's an experience that's happening and we're just going to process and deliver the technology to make it a, an amplified uh, live stream. But it kind of runs the gamut. It's, you know, it could be a, a massive multi-day tentpole music festival. It could be a, uh, a product launch with a brand like, uh, like a Samsung, or it could be, you know, AT&T's business conference. You know, so AT&T is got a team that shoots the video from their, uh, you know, their big AT&T business summit in Dallas on an annual basis. And we're there strictly to help guide the process 
to deliver the live stream, you know, provide the tech services and go forward. So it's anything, it's uh, it's never, uh, never the same, uh, but there's always that constant, like, hey, we're, you know, this is live, live, there's no, no cut, there's no, uh, let's do that scene again. And things have to go smoothly. And, you know, we've learned, you've got to plan, you've got to test, and you've got to build in things like redundancy. If the connection we're using fails or goes down or there's some kind of an outage, we need to roll over to the backup uh, plan and, and have uh, that backup pathway ready to go and active and on. So we're continuing to offer, you know, a seamless experience. It's much like television. You'd be very concerned if your feed, you're watching TV and CBS just stopped working and went, you know, black. You can't have that. So uh, a lot of testing, a lot of planning, and again, a lot of redundancy is kind of central to having a successful experience, regardless of the experience. So what sort of new and emerging technologies do you see coming down the pipeline for 2019 that are going to impact the live streaming industry and, and what y'all are doing specifically? Well, one of our, uh, it's an interesting point. One of our clients uh, is Facebook. So we help uh, service the live video experience inside of Facebook Watch. And Facebook uh, earlier this past year did a, a live weekly show called Make or Break Up. You know, two uh, couples come on to the show. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a modern day Dr. Drew. And the audience in real time votes hashtag make up or hashtag break up. And, they have to, and there's a, you know, a doctor that's a therapist that's guiding as a host. That was a weekly show that ran for, I think, about 20, 20 weeks. And then there was another show called uh, Help Us Get Married. And it was a, you know, a topic, a live topic each week about couples that were planning their wedding, which could have been the floral the strategy or what they're going to use for catering, how to do um, invitations. And in July, Facebook launched the HQ trivia competitor called uh, Confetti which is a live daily quiz show. So we helped with that process. And that's also helped us understand since Facebook owns Instagram, you know, what's going, what, how does the Instagram platform work? And today Instagram is to do live video on Instagram, which is the kind of a hot social platform. It's you're really relegated to a um, only using the camera phone. So we've we developed a proprietary tool that will allow us to take the produced broadcast feed and deliver that onto Instagram. So that's become, you know, pretty compelling, pretty interesting. We think that's a, a big growth vehicle for the platform, especially when you can now have a, a four-camera HD produced experience versus just a camera phone experience. We see a lot of interest there, and especially for for live music, of the billion users of the Instagram platform, roughly 50% follow at least 10 or more music artists. So putting live music on the platform is beneficial for the brand that's presenting it, but also for the artists, right? They've artists have invested very heavily in their social media followings and connecting, engaging their consumers. I think that's um, pretty compelling. That's pretty interesting, you know, trend wise as well, you know, again, more and more devices entering the market. I think more and more social media platforms emphasizing live video creates a lot of competition, but I also believe too, that, you know, brands are, uh, or I say platforms like Yahoo and Amazon have spent big, they wrote big checks for pro sports on their platforms, which is great. Uh, but we also believe that other forms of live video are probably not as expensive, but also, but might have a greater appeal, i.e. Uh, music, esports, fashion as well. I think those are verticals in the live space. They're going to grow pretty, pretty rapidly. And 
you know, Nielsen's got some interesting statistics. It's like 63% of millennials watch live video and 42% of them create it. So there's a pretty rapid uh, wow. demand, but not, not a, I would say, uh, overwhelming adequate, adequate supply, especially at the premium level. So I think you'll see more innovation, more content, um, you know, who's to say, I'm not really sure when the, uh, the VR component will kick in, but I think that'll be a, a incredible when that starts to scale in the live experience, very compelling. We've done some things around live, you know, 360 or 180 video as well, but just the general notion of uh, meeting that level of demand for this kind of live content in and of itself is great, you know, growth and scaling exercise, which I think will also lead to, you know, more innovation. Well, I really want to thank you, John, for coming on and sharing this information with us. You guys are obviously doing well and working with some pretty big dogs there at Bulldogs. Those are some pretty uh, impressive companies that you've partnered with already. So what's up next for you guys here around the corner? Uh, Next week we are, well, we we just finished a, a New Year's Eve experience with Netflix. And so Netflix did a surprise announcement of the launch date of Stranger Things season three and delivered this live simulcast (laughs) of the 1985 Dick Clark, you know, New Year's Eve experience across all of the Stranger Things social platforms. Pretty interesting thing there. And then that leads us into the Super Bowl. You know, AT&T does their Super Saturday Night Experience, which is a big, big concert the night before the Super Bowl. So we'll live stream Run the Jewels opening for uh, the Foo Fighters. So that's our project now that we're planning and active on. That'll be live from a, a big venue in Atlanta. So that's um, we're in we're in that mode right now, working on that project, which is now two weeks away. Wow, that is awesome. I'm not sure which is bigger, the Super Bowl or Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Items, right? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of other things too that aren't as uh, as high profile. Um, you know, we want to help anybody that's you know working in the in the live you know video capacity. That's we want to bring best practices to it. But sure, yeah, when you when you're involved with big companies like that and big big profile events, that's you know yeah, that gets a lot of the attention. But we place a similar emphasis on you know you know product announcements and as I said you know company town halls. And helping you know make sure that this A works and B scales and, and C connects across all devices. Awesome. Well, John, I really want to thank you again for you know joining us today. Where is the best place for folks to get information on working with Bulldog? Uh, definitely our website, Bulldog DM. That's D as in David, M as in Mary. dot com, and we're active on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. Excellent. Well, again, for our listeners, this was a wonderful sit-down with John Petruccelli. Did I get it right this time? <laughs> yes, you did. You did. CEO of Bulldog DM, talking all things live streaming. John, thanks again, and we look forward to uh, seeing what y'all are doing here in 2019. Tracy, thanks so much. I appreciate it. been a pleasure, sir. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. 
My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you.